0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,475.
1: I enjoyed controlling something that was going fast. I wasn't speed, it was controlling what the car does and, and going really fast and not crash. That was motivating to me. <laughs>
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am so revved up and excited. To share with you today a very special guest who's calling in from, he says, a street corner somewhere in Hollywood, California, Willie T. Ribbs. Born in San Jose, California, Willie T. Ribbs is a legendary race car driver whose career began behind the wheel in England. The year was 1977, and Willie was 22 years old, and he became the British Formula Ford Star of Tomorrow champion. He returned home to the United States to face some hostility from his racing peers. But he was undeterred, and he became the first, and in many cases, the only African-American to win races. His accomplishments are long, but I'll mention just a few. The 1977 Dunlop Ford Ford Championship, the 82 Long Beach Formula Atlantic Pole winner. I actually was there in 82. I saw him do that. 1983-85 Most Winning Trans Am Driver in the Series during his reign. 85, the first and only African-American to drive a Formula One car. For Bernie Ecclestone, yeah, that guy. 1986, the second African-American to race NASCAR's Cup Series. 87-88 IMSA, Driver of the Year. And 1991, first African-American to race in the Indianapolis 500. And in 2019, he was the inaugural champion in the vintage race of champions. Today, he is featured in an incredible documentary film that just came out titled Uppity, The Willie T. Ribbs Story. Produced and directed by Pascal Cars yeah, guest, Adam Corella and others. You're going to learn a little bit more about where that word uppity came from in just a minute. Let's take a quick break before I introduce Willie. We'll say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Winter's here, and things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finishes of your vehicles, both inside and out. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft car covers on my rides since 1975. Today... Covercraft offers you a total solution to vehicle protection. They make the best fitting, finest made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior too. Live where it's sunny all the time? Lucky! Covercraft dash covers and sunscreens are the best. Got pets? Messy kids? Messy in-laws? Or just messy friends? Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and the perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. And don't forget their custom fit floor mats and trunk liners. They are a must-have for all your vehicles your cars trucks, van or whatever you drive will say thank you and i've got a deal for you during january 2020 you can get 10 percent off plus free shipping on all covercraft products that's right go to covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 that's y-e-a-h 120 at checkout that's covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 at checkout hey cars yeah race fans Andy Collins, owner of Armadillo Racing, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah. Last year, I was honored to be a speaker at his high-performance racing seminar. And having attended, I can tell you it's an invaluable learning experience if you love to race. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Armadillo's high-performance racing seminars, and it takes place Saturday, February 8th, in Tacoma, Washington. For your seminar fee, you'll spend a day with four of racing's premier professionals on how to improve your driving and much much more this year's outstanding speaker lineup include jacques delari phd world-renowned high performance driving and life coach jeff braun a race engineer with a history at core racing and imsa ross bentley top driving coach author of world-renowned speed secrets and a fellow podcaster and dan davis retired director of motorsports for Ford Motor Company. All of these incredible racing experts are past guests here on Cars Yap. Yeah. As an added bonus for Cars Yow yeah listeners, you'll get to join these speakers at the Friday night reception at the incredible LeMay Car Museum for free. That's right. It's a $50 value if you sign up by January 15th. What a deal. Go to Armadillo Racing's website and register. That's armadilloracing.com. Racing.com. <laughs> All right, Willie, I hope you're there with me still on that street corner in Hollywood. Uh, Welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride, my friend?
1: Yeah, but my guy, my publicist, Dan, he's running out of quarters.
0: Okay, I'll talk faster. You know, I think being a big Hollywood star now, you'd have a few more quarters in your pocket, but I know the film just came out. Uh, We'll talk about that in just a minute, but I want you first to kind of tell our listeners what Willie T Brown is up to these days? Tell us a little bit about what makes you happy, what you're doing, and uh, then we'll jump into some of the questions I have for you. All right?
1: Well, I, you know, when I retired, I thought I was going to quit traveling, I live out in Texas, and a small ranch. And but my, what I had on the ranch was a competition shooting grip. My son Theo is one of the top shooters in the world, and he he shoots uh, competition clay. Clay shooting with a shotgun, and um, so and he's and he travels all over the world. He's been traveling all over the world since he was in high school. And I'm ta- when I say world, I'm talking Dubai, Italy, England, Cyprus, Mexico. He's all over the world, and he does it now. As a, that's his career. So you know, I thought I was going to just be out to pasture after <laughs> you know I hung the helmet up. And you know I started traveling with him, and i you know i I follow his career, and he's a, and help him with his sponsored deals and uh so that's what I'm doing now
0: you know you must be a very proud father um I do some sporting clay shooting myself, and it's very i I'm very challenged I'm not very good at it uh, that darn thing just seems to always be moving a little quicker than my aim but uh, I didn't know that about Theo that's very very cool congratulations uh
1: yeah yeah. He's won some champion. He won the national K Cup Championship a couple of years ago, and this last just last year he won the, the Ohio Championship, the, the, the Eastern uh, Championship. So you know he's uh, he's done real well. In fact, he was junior national champion, junior national champion uh, before he was
0: uh, twenty-one. Wow! Well, congratulations. I mean, that that's just awesome. Again. Proud Papa, you must be. Um, congratulations to Theo and everything he's doing. That's fantastic. I always start by asking my guests this question. Tell me something about yourself that most people don't know. It's
1: been hard to keep quiet. I'll bet. <laughs> it has been real hard. You know, I don't go to a lot of strip clubs. so
0: well, That's good.
1: They'll, they'll never, uh, that won't be in, uh, in, in the sentence. But no, I probably, what they don't know, I'm a shooter. I shoot with Theo. I, I'm not shooting on Theo's world class shooter, but I do a lot of shooting, and I enjoy it. That was my hobby. A lot of the race drivers, I raced with like golf, right? They right. like golf, and <laughs> I just thought, uh, no, it was a little bit too quiet for me. Anything I got to do, anything I do it has got to make noise, whether it's a race car or a shotgun going off or, you know, a woman screaming in the bed. I mean, it's got to have, it's got to have noise.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Well, you know, my or neighbor got me into shooting clays and uh, I bought my first uh, over-under uh, shotgun and then he collects some beautiful old English shotgun side-by-sides and he lets me shoot. It's a really fun sport and I- I've got to think that it probably helps a little bit with driving too because of focus and movement and all that kind of thing. I think, I think it might have helped me a little bit back when I was doing some racing, but uh, I love it. Well, I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some kind of inspirational saying that's been important in your life over the years. Maybe it's something you used to think about, something that's new for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah, so Willie, grab the
1: wheel. Now, when you say that, when you ask that question, inspiration, uh, winning's always an inspiration. Uh, you know, that's number one to win. You know, I, and I've been asked did I ever have a need for speed? Well, I don't know if I needed it, but I enjoyed controlling something that was going fast. It wasn't speed. It was controlling what the car does and and going really fast and not crashing. That was motivating to me. And then, you know, of course, you know, you uh, had, Role models in that day, and I did with uh, you know, of course, Dan Gurney and, and, uh, and Jim Clark and Fangio and uh, Moss. So, in fact, my two pigs were named Moss and Fangio. Really? <laughs> yeah. I I grew up on my grandpa's ranch, and I was in I was in Future Farmers of America. I was in FFA. No kidding. I was in high school. Yes, sir. And I raised show showhogs right for the fair. Yeah. And my first two hogs were named Moss and Vanja.
0: That's hilarious. I think that's funny. Now, you drove, did you drive for Dan or with Dan at one time?
1: Yeah, I raced for Dan Gurney uh, in the late 80s. <laughs> nice. And of all the owners that I raced for, he was by far the best. And not to uh, know bad, but Dan was, he understood the sport he understood what a driver thinks and how, what a driver wants and so it, you didn't have to sit down and and explain to him for hours why you want something mechanically with the car or why you, why you want something technically he just any even on the radio I, and when i was racing if i wasn't leading the race he would tell me he would in a very calm voice well keep up that pace you up." And that's all you would say. And then if I was out in front, he would say, just keep up that pace, and you're going to win.
0: Such a great man he was. Wow. Yeah. Incredible guy. I I didn't know him as, as a friend, but I had the luxury of talking with him many times. And for a little short stints, I actually got to uh, sit across from him during a lunch break at an event and talk with him a little bit. Just a incredible, genuine person. Just fantastic. Fortunate you were to get to race with him. Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit about this documentary that Adam and others have produced and directed. Uh, I love the fact that it's called Uppity. I want you to touch on that a little bit about why people think you're so uppity or why you like being uppity. The Willie T. Rib story. And I know you're on a whirlwind tour right now with uh, Dan, your publicist, who's feeding the uh, the quarters into the phone machine here today. What is you excited about this new documentary about your life?
1: I would use the word excitement. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, my wife's not here, so uh, she wants me to be more excited about something else. But um, <laughs> what Adam Carolla did is he told a story and about the challenges of, of my career. And, you know, when I was in England, when I started racing in England, the English nor the Europeans uh, didn't consider me uppity they considered me just another race driver. It wasn't until I came back to the United States that I was considered nothing. Uh, You're not, you know, why aren't you playing basketball or football or or the traditional African-American sport, all right? It was an obstacle right from the start. And uh, how dare you? You know, I didn't come from the ghetto, okay? I didn't come from the hood. I didn't come from the ghetto. I came from a family. It was pretty well-off and pretty successful in business, They could afford to put me in auto racing, and that's what I like doing. My dad raced when I grew up. He raced motorcycles, dirt track and flat track, and then he went, as he got older, when I was younger, he went and started racing sports cars. So I didn't want to work in the family business. So, um, you know, and my dad was racing. So my introduction to the sport, you know, was early I By nine years, when I was nine years old, I knew what my career was going to be, and that made life real simple because there's a lot of kids today, and back then, go through college and go through, you know, uh, spend a lot of time trying to figure out what their career and I knew at an early age, and it made life real simple.
0: But obviously, when you got back here to the States, getting into racing was far, far from simple, and I know this film gets into that and talks about that. And a question that I always ask my guests here is to share a big challenge or a big failure. Now, talking with race car drivers, and I've interviewed probably 400 now, uh, it's kind of a silly question because racing, I mean, you're a, a champion one week and a chump the next. But when you add in the challenges with racism and bigotry and and you trying to work into this field that was pretty much all white, and all those obstacles, uh, we could probably talk for a long time about that, but what were some of the ways that you worked on that worked for you to get into the sport and get past that? Or was it just a constant,
1: constant challenge? Well, uh, there's been, Bobby answered said to me. He said, he said, not many race drivers could deal with what you can. He said, and, and he said, Frank, I don't know anybody could handle handled." What you did—the death threat, the N word—and he said that was a that was a distraction that just was not necessary. And 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 Bobby Unser and I are very close to this day. And he, of all the old school drivers, he was probably uh, the most supportive. And you know, Al Unser Jr. and I are not just friends, but we're business partners as well, and we're close. And you know it. Uh, despite the obstacles, there's always those. There was Paul Newman, and uh, and behind the scenes, there was Muhammad Ali. Behind the scenes, there was Jim. Trou- there was you. Still, despite the negative, there's always the ones push you along through all that negative, and they were there for me. And I thank God for them uh, every, every uh, as much as I can think of. Uh, almost every day or every other day, I think, I think creative for those people that yeah, they were in my life.
0: Yeah, very very fortunate to have them there helping you. You think about racing and the, the effort it takes to be a winner and then all those distractions. Were there some techniques or things that you did to be able to stay as focused as you did? I mean, I, were you able to turn that off at certain times or was it just surrounding yourself with those positive people?
1: Actually, I never thought of that. The distractions that the death in word as a distraction. I thought I actually sort of enjoyed it. Sort of, and a lot of people ask me, "What well, did you? How did you feel that? that, that, that you? Did that depress you? Did 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 you really? Uh, you know, now today they call it bully, right? They call it bully. Actually, I sort of got a turn on from it, it. It turned I don't know if it was a sexual turn on, but I got, I got, I got. It was an erotic feeling. I got from all that hate and and the N word and all that.
0: So it was a driver for you. Excuse the pun, but a pusher for you to be more aggressive in your driving. And I say aggressive in a oh,
1: positive yeah, way. I w- I wasn't worried about anybody physically uh, doing anything. My mm-hmm. grandpa used to say, "People like that." When they threaten you, all they're going to do, the only thing they're going to do is use the toilet if they keep eating regular. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you know what to mean, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all they're going to do. And and as far as, uh, you know, getting in my face, not no one, not once in my life, in my career, has a driver or anyone from another team come up and said the N word in my face. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a good thing for them. I mean, (laughs) it's (laughs) a good thing for them because you know, you know, there's nothing eating dinner through a straw.
0: Yeah, not much fun. Yeah, no fun at all. The word uppity, which is the title to this film, obviously applies to you. I mean, you have a very unique passion and character about you. You, you're a personality. uh, Let me put it that way. And I'll tell my listeners we had a great, a great little pre-show chat. I do that with a lot of my guests, and from the minute. That will he answer the phone? I put a smile on my face because he is a very, very unique individual, uh, just a fun, loving person. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about you in a minute, but let's take a quick break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Edelbrock has been the name in automotive performance since 1938. Edelbrock designs and builds thousands of the finest automotive performance products right here in the USA for both street and track. From their AVS2 carburetors to V6 superchargers, if it's more power you crave, Edelbrock delivers. Let's talk superchargers. Whether it's an application-specific system or a universal fit, their precision-made assemblies come in multiple stages for a wide variety of makes and models. Their V6 superchargers are dyno-tested and ensure the perfect fit and maximum horsepower torque plus added boost. you get huge power Power gains, I mean huge power gains. Quality construction, you can trust, and backed by decades of knowledge. Edelbrock is a brand that provides you with proven performance, and I've got a deal for you. This January 2020, you can get 10% off, 10% off, if you use the code Cars Yeah at checkout. Just go to Edelbrock.com and use Cars yeah, all one word at checkout, and get 10% off. Tell them Mark at Cars yeah, sent you. That's Edelbrock.com checkout code. Cars, yeah, for your 10% off. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Willie, let me ask you this. I want you to go back in time a bit. Now, I know you grew up with a dad who raced motorcycles, dirt track, flat track, and you ran ran uh, Formula Fords back in the day. But is there a story that you can remember that instigated a passion you have for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy, a racer?
1: I, there was no really particular moment because I was involved with it so much that I can't really pick out any one time. I mean, I was going to the races from the time I was three years old. And, um, I remember Joe Leonard, who, uh, was two time IndyCar champion and he lived in San Jose, California. And he was a friend of my dad. And Joe Leonard was, Joe Leonard was the only driver to win IndyCar championship and, uh, eight time flat track motorcycle champion. He nearly won Indy in 68 with the uh, STP turbine car. He was, uh, Literally about, uh, 20 miles from the end and the car broke and Bobby Unser went in at 68. Well, Joe Leonard told me a so story. He says, he says, you're too young to remember this, but I remember taking you home from Laguna Seca, Monterey when you were three years old because your dad had to stay over and work on the car that evening. And we took you back to San Jose for Monterey, which is about a little over an hour drive. And I said, well, how was that? He says, you were three years old and you whined the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he you all you wanted to do was know where your daddy was. Yep. And that's how long I've been in the sport. And I, uh, there was never any particular moment, but I do knew, I knew that at nine years old, what my career was going to be. That I do remember.
0: Yeah. Very cool. What was your first really special vehicle? And let me kind of. Adapt that question a little bit for you. What was the first race car that you got in that you went? I'm here. I made it. This is what I wanted to do.
1: Well, I mean, I went to Jim Russell Driving School before I went to England. Uh huh. But that I, I didn't That didn't turn me on. I had to get my license, right? So, I, I that didn't really do anything for me. It's when I won my first race in England that I knew. And and the first race I won was my second race. It was uh, Snatterton. And uh I knew then, on the way home, I knew that this is it. This is where I'm going to be. Nice. As a career.
0: Yeah, very cool. Here's a bit of a unique question. I'll bet nobody's ever asked you this before. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a vehicle, Willie T. Ribs was actually a vehicle parked in a garage. And this isn't what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself as a certain type of vehicle. What would Willie be, and why?
1: I'd be a diesel truck.
0: <laughs> okay, I like it. And why is that?
1: Because I, you know, I live in Texas, and you know, we've got the big uh, twin turbo diesel trucks. I, I, you know, a lot of people ask me. Or, you know, I've never had a high performance car in my life. As a street car, truckers, you mean? Right? Yeah, as a street car. Yeah, I never had it. Camaro or Corvette. I had a Mercedes sedan. You know, I right now I drive a truck in a Lincoln Town car and a lot, and they just can't get it. They don't understand. Well, don't you? I said, I've never been in love with cars. I've been in love with racing. I like racing, but I didn't, you know, I, I, uh, because I get the question, well, what was your favorite car? I didn't have a favorite car. I had, you know, it was a race. You know, what was, it was about racing. Uh, no matter what I was in, I, you know, we're going to race it. I I never uh, fell in love with cars.
0: Yeah, interesting. Well, I've heard that from some other racers, I think. You know, I mean, you get to go fast on the track. No reason to do it on the street. It's too dangerous anyway. So that makes sense to me. And being well, a Texan. expensive
1: as hell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. better ways they, to spend uh, your money. like I, traveling. Had, I had 27 speeding tickets before I went to England. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> see that's back in the days when you could just pay the ticket there was no insurance penalties you know it did, there was no such thing as points right and the judge finally told me who was a friend of my dad the judge knew my dad he says, um, he says maybe you should do like your father and start racing because it's going to be cheaper in the long run
0: <laughs> good advice from the judge well, Willie, we are ending what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Uh, just eating right and staying in the, you know, I trained in the boxing gym. In fact, my home's got bags and I learned it from Muhammad Ali, you know, and I trained with Sugar Ray Leonard and I trained with uh ally of course and train with larry holmes and john the beast so just i do it just for conditioning and speed. yeah speed.
0: oh yeah it's i tell you anybody that has ever been in a gym and put some gloves on and punched a bag for a while oh my gosh it, it's a wonderful workout it, it'll beat you up <laughs> you never your arms are never so sore uh, but that's pretty cool. I mean, you get to you got to train with greats like those. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! If I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: Probably uh, Juan Fangio. Ah,
0: uh, yeah. Did you ever get to meet him?
1: Yes. Wonderful. I met him. He, he presented a trophy to me. In 1984, I won the Miami Inter-American Championship. It was the North American drivers versus South American drivers. It was put on by Mazda. And I won the race. In fact, Michael Andretti was second. Him and I battled the whole race uh, through, and I won the race. And he presented me the trophy. And he and he gave me, he shook my hand, he gave me a hug, and he says, you will be a world champion. That 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 said, that spoke volumes to me.
0: No kidding! Wow, that must have sent chills up your back for sure. Man, that's very cool. How about racing advice? What's the best racing advice you've ever received from someone else?
1: Probably not just the best. There was assortment. Of, you know, you get advice from Dan Gurney, of course, and you know who I race for, and and uh, and Bobby Unser. Oh uh, yeah, from Uncle Bobby, uh, he was just the best. I mean, he 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 was so good at it, and yeah, probably those two. Can you remember
0: maybe one or two things they said to you?
1: Just it was just mainly from the technical side. It wasn't anything to do with performance. It was more from the technical. What you what you always need to look for, and what 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 a car should all what you demand of the race car.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of racers are more technical than others. Some are just flat-out drivers. What kind of a racer were you? Were you really, really into the technical side, the engineering side, and understanding that? Or were you more of a driver's driver? You just went out there and drove
1: damn fast. Both. Because, for example, I did a dirt race in Wichita, Kansas, and I'd never been on uh, a late model horseman. And, uh, it was, uh, race. It was Bobby Allison and, and uh, Terry Labonte and Harry Gantt and Michael Waltrip and, and I think, uh, Rusty Wallace might have been in it as well. And I'd never been on dirt before. I qualified on the front row. Bobby Allison was on the, on the pole and he led for a while. And then I led for a while. And then he got back in front of me and his engine blew. And I nearly flew off at the oil it was all, I ran on his oil and I nearly went off the track. But anyway, I ended up finishing third. When I did that, I knew at that point and I knew all the great race drivers, Bobby Unser, Mario, AJ Foote, those guys could drive anything. They could, whether it was Bites Peak, whether it was, uh, Terra on the dirt, whether it was Formula One, Lamar, and I just thought, uh, that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to get into a car and be a great race driver, but also from the technical side, I want to be able, when when the engineers ask me, what are you feeling, I want to have an answer for
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now, I mentioned in my introduction of you that you hung up your helmet a long time ago, but now you've put it back on, and you are the champion of the inaugural Vintage Race of Champions, VROC. Tell us a little bit about that experience. You told me in the intro, you drove a very interesting Corvette.
1: Well, the the limit for vintage cars, I think, is 1972. And the Corvette I was driving was owned by a guy out of of Texas named Jim Kitschner, a wealthy guy with a lot of money. And he uh, teamed me up with one of the top amateurs. It's a Pro-Am. Amateurs sure start the race run seven laps, no more than seven laps. Then the pros take over. And the pros are IndyCar driver case vintage race champions. So, so is Alan so Jr. and Bobby Lopani and, and Todd Bodine and Mike Skinner. And so, you know, it's about 12 cars, 12 to 14 cars. And IndyCar drivers, sports car now. And it's called the finished race of champions. And so we in, this was last year was the inaugural. It was the first year of the race of champions and I, end, I ended up winning. I won Indy. That's what, and the biggest race in that championship of the V rock championship is Indy. And we won that race and I'm going to pick everybody who shows up for that one. And I think Bobby finished second. O'Dyan was third, but I got to tell you, when you race, at Indy, no matter what it's in, it's a big deal. And racing against those guys, I mean, when we were young then, you know, no one really talked to each other back in those days. You we were so focused on, you know, your job. Well, now, it's a we're heavier, we're a little, you know, like I said, you know, we you lose feathers. You know, you ever seen a loose, you ever seen an old rooster? Yeah, I oh, think I oh,
0: see him every yeah. morning in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah, the old roosters, you know, the feathers are picked off the top of their head. There's yep. feathers just as well. That's what we are now. Yeah. But we still go out, you know, race and and hard. We race hard. Yeah. Not as fast as we used to be, but it's still as competitive as hell. And the fans love the V-Rock championship. They love
0: Oh, yeah. They get to see people that they grew up with, just like me. And you were driving that Corvette. You're telling me it had like 900 horsepower, but they can't modify the brakes. So it doesn't he stop.
1: It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and back when they were uh, originals, back in the day, they were 400 horsepower, 450 max. Now they're, we're, we're pushing 900. And uh, when you get to the end of the straightaway, you know, you got to get that thing slowed down. No kidding. And I mean, we're at at for example at Virginia V I R, which is the last race of the year in September. We were running a hundred and ninety three miles per hour oh. down the back straight. Holy huh? one hundred and ninety three! We're talking Indy Car speed we'll there, son. Yeah. Oh my we're gosh. One hundred and ninety three <laughs> yeah. in a vintage car.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's incredible. I, I can't even begin to imagine. And then you got to stop the darn thing. So, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Now no, you uh, you better make your breaking points just perfect. Yes, because the, I mean, at, during the race, a lot of guys went off the end of the straightaway. All that? Yeah, yeah, they were. Oh, hey, look, like uh, John Deere tractors out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on that win. Uh, that's pretty incredible, and to be back in the seat and racing, it's got to be a complete blast for you. I'm sure you're having fun. with all right. Well, Willie, I've got a last question for you here. I call it the checkered flag. Uh, I know you said that you don't really get into having fancy fast cars and all that. You drive a truck and a Lincoln Town car. You're out there in Texas on a nice little ranch. But today I'm going to buy you a little gift for being on Cars. Yeah, I'm going to buy you any classic vintage car could include a vintage race car if you'd like that you can have to park in your garage. But there's a couple rules with this game. One is you have to keep it. You can't have me buy you a Ferrari GTO and then sell it and have a lot of fun. You got to keep it. I want you to drive it and enjoy it a little bit. And it's also the only one collector car that you can have. When you think back to all the cool cars you've seen in your life, what's the one car that I could park in your garage? Because, you know, our mutual friend, Adam Corolla, he's got some pretty cool vintage race cars in his garage and street cars.
1: I want that Mercedes that Fangio drove, that two-seater. Uh, the silver oh food, yeah. Know it's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, it's in the uh, it's in the Mercedes-Benz museum. Uh, I've that's, seen that. that
1: that's yeah. the one I want.
0: Uh, okay, you're not cheap, are you? How's,
1: um, how's 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 that credit card look now, son? Yeah that that I got
0: I got to get that fancy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they call that the black card that you can charge anything you want on it.
1: Oh yeah uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. You're no cheap date, fancy. so. Yeah, and, and since Bill Gates lives up near you, you might want to talk to him about a loan.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give Bill a
1: call. Yeah, he he's Gates got up there. he's got some loose change flying yeah, around. Uh, he, yeah, just said, Willie P would like this, Billy. Okay. And, Billy you know. Uh yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, there was a uh, a beautiful Fangio's, uh Ben's uh his it was a fifty four F one car. I think if that's the car you're talking about. That particular car sold at Goodwood for twenty nine point seven million dollars. So you
1: got expensive. I just taste. thought it was cool. I didn't care about how much it cost. Well, of I course. Just thought, <laughs> I thought that is one cool car. It is, and I like you know, and I like I like Mercedes, and I like Mercedes for what they've done in racing. I like Mercedes for what they're doing with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, and yeah, they're just. You know, and I've worked with the Germans before. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, I nice. Mean,
0: awesome. Nice choice, my friend. Beautiful car. Well, Willie, my gosh, this has been fun. Uh, you've taken me on a great ride today. I want to thank you for hauling in. How the quarter's doing there, Danny? You, you 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 down to the last few? I hope he's doing okay there. Yeah, the last one. Last one. Okay. Well, I want to thank yeah, we,
1: you for cheering. We, we, we just dropped it in. Just okay. Now.
0: Well, I'll, I'll talk fast. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing life journey. I mean, there's so much to talk about here. Uh, is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer as a fine human being to others about how to live their lives, about how to go through lives? One little pearl of wisdom from the great Willie T. Ribs.
1: Yes. H-D-B-B-M-F. Okay. H, capital H, capital D, capital B, capital V. Capital M, capital F. Hard dick brother, bad motherfucker.
0: I might have to edit part of that out of this family-friendly show. I thought I'd get through this without you going off the rails here, but
1: obviously <laughs> we didn't. That's how that's how we used to say that before every watch-up well, blooper. That was our saying before every race. When I got in the car, that's what we said we're going to be.
0: Wow. Well, for those listeners out there, and I've got one in particular named Chris. He's a longtime listener. Chris, just, you have to cover your ears for this part. I'm sorry, buddy. But I think I'm going to leave this one in because, uh, you know, it's true to form. It's, it's an absolute classic. Classic. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find Willie in a variety of ways. Uh, go to his website. It's com. You can learn all about him. And you've got to also check out this new film that Adam Carolla and his team put together. Documentary film called Uppity, The Willie T. Rib Story. Absolutely brilliant. I'll put links to where you can figure out where to go and see this film and watch it and learn a little bit more about this amazing guy. Uh, and you you said to me in the beginning here, you're on a bit of a, a travel here uh, to talk. You, you spoke with some New York television shows this morning. You're here, here with Cars Yet Today. Where are you heading next out of Hollywood?
1: Uh, to another gig another Hollywood PR uh, gig we got and, and, and the response has been insane. It's been an awesome response. And there's people right now, that are talking to me. Whoa. Yeah, right now. And, uh, and, we, and, 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 uh, and, and we're not, uh, the horse is still, is not even sweating yet. Yeah. We're not even at a, a hot lather, a lather yet. So, uh, <laughs> no, we're, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got to soak down them horses. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, nice. So it's so far so good.
0: That's great. Well, listener, again, I'm going to put some links on Willie T. Ribbs show notes page here on Carja. Yeah. Go watch this film. Check it out. I mean, it, it's from a different time, a different era, uh, but Willie is still the same old guy. He's always been a fantastic human being. Uh, Willie, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise, and for sharing your life with me. You made my day. You made my week. You made my year. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you
1: down the road. All right, I'll see you. Wear those shoes your daughter bought you.
0: <laughs> yeah, talk to Adam about those shoes, which. Yeah, I me. sure will. All right, my friend, have a great rest of your <laughs> day. Thanks again. Cheers. Bye. Take care. Thanks, Dan, for the quarters. Bye bye. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars. Yeah. Did you know you can now see me? On the Carsia yeah! TV show, it's a weekly visit to some of my past Carsia yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Carsia yeah! TV is making its mark. Carsia yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, FiOS by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas. Lucas oil racing television online and they said i only had a face for podcasting thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars yeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun